Welcome to the Global Missions Inc. Podcast. This week's episode features Mike Kane. Time goes by so fast. You know, it's three years is a long time to wait to to get back together and and to share in fellowship with one another and to share the the anointing together. Um, and Something about the church that brings power um, as, as we gather. And uh, to share that this morning with all of you is tremendous. Um, so thank you for being here um, and taking time away from your homes and your work and your responsibilities to gather and to be the church. My hope in the few minutes that I have with you is that I can encourage you. That is my hope. So I'm going to give you a brief history, and you've had already a lot of history this week, so I'm not going to rehash all of it, but I'm going to give you a brief history of the Old Testament. Very, very short. Man sins against God and is removed from the garden. Genesis, right? That's the beginning, right? God creates, sets man in the garden, man disobeys, gets removed from the garden. So God comes up and says, I am going to pick Abraham and his descendants to be my people so that I may bring man back to me. So that's what he does next. He picks Abraham and his descendants. Descendants end up going to Egypt, growing into a very large nation, and God miraculously pulls them out of Egypt and takes them into the desert and gives them the law. This is what I want you to do As my nation, this is what you are to follow. As we heard, Israel agreed to it several times. Yes, I will do this. Yes, I will do this. And from that point on, the Bible talks about how they did not do it. Over and over and over again. But the thing is, God knew that they couldn't do it. But man didn't know that they couldn't do it. So man, God knew man needed to understand that. And so they failed miserably. And so then God says, I'm going to bring a Messiah. And he announces that. If you go to Isaiah chapter 9... We get to hear about this announcement. And we all know this verse. It says, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government 
will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. Now, Israel knew that they had failed miserably. And so now hope has been turned on, that there is a way that God is going to provide. And so they begin looking for this Messiah, the Messiah. When is he going to come? When is he going to come? When is he going to come? They keep looking and looking and looking, waiting and waiting and waiting, waiting for this Messiah. There's anticipation. What is God going to do? What is this Messiah going to do? They go through captivity. They go through the Assyria captivity and the nation of Israel is deported. They go through the captivity with Babylon and Judah is deported. They go and reestablish the temple, wanting to get back with God. The Romans come in and don't deport them, but put them under captivity within their nation. And they feel the pressure of the Romans. And even more now they're waiting. Where is the Messiah? Where is the Messiah? Where is the Messiah? We need him. We need the government on his shoulders We need this Prince of Peace. We need him. We need him. We need him. They're waiting and they're waiting and they're waiting. Then, then he comes. Luke chapter 2, verses 10 through 14. When the Messiah finally comes... What does God say? He knows they've been waiting and waiting and waiting. And God has waited for the perfect time to bring the Messiah. So what does God say when the Messiah finally comes? Luke chapter 2, verse 10. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy which shall be to all people. Okay, there's the introduction. Fear not, we heard about that. Don't be afraid. Now here comes, here's, here's what the angel wants to tell him. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior. Oh, which is Christ the Lord. Christ the Lord, Messiah the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. Ye shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. So announced, hey, Savior's here. This is how you can find him. Then what is the message now? So he's announced, here's the Messiah. Now what's the message that God wants to tell them? And suddenly... There is with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth, 
peace, goodwill toward men. God sent the Messiah, and the message that he sent to go with the Messiah was peace. I am giving you peace. Here, God links the Messiah to peace. Just like he did in Isaiah, he said, Prince of Peace. God wants to give peace. And the interesting thing about this story is that when the Messiah arrived, God gives the message of peace. And when God sends Jesus and Jesus lives on this earth, and now his life is about to end, and he is up with his disciples in that upper room, he's had communion with them, and he's about to tell them kind of his last words before he is taken away and goes through the process to be crucified. In John chapter 14, verse 27, this is what Jesus tells his disciples. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you. Not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. So at the beginning of his ministry, as an infant, God announces, this boy will bring peace, this Messiah. And at the very end, just before he is taken away to be crucified, Jesus says, peace, I leave with you. At the beginning and at the end, peace, peace. God wants to give you peace. That is his message. I want to give you peace. Peace is what I want for you. Why would he want to give us peace? Because we lacked it. We don't have it. So he's giving something that we don't have. He's giving peace. It is very clearly recognized by God that peace was missing. Maybe not the people. Maybe they didn't quite recognize it. But God was very clear to God that peace was missing. And the reason peace was missing is there was a separation. There was a separation between the God of peace and man. And the only way to bring peace to man was to bring God back into the equation and to bring man and God together and with God comes peace. And so he knew that. And so he's like, I need to bring, if I'm going to bring you peace, if you want peace, Israel, peace from your enemies, peace from the turmoil, peace from the law, peace from the guilt, peace, I have to come. I have to bring that peace. Without me, there is no peace. So then I start to ask myself, well, what is this peace? 
It's easy to say the word peace. And we have in our minds kind of an idea of what peace is. You know, what I think about peace, I think about, oh, sitting on the couch, relaxing. All the responsibilities are taken care of, you know, and just like, oh, this is nice. And somehow maybe the birds are chirping and uh, peaceful music, you know, I don't know. But, but peace, you know, kind of like this, oh, settling, this kind of rest, this kind of, oh. But is that really what peace is? So I looked it up in the Webster, and there's all sorts of words used for peace. But the one I thought was really interesting was when he uses peace. It, the, one of the definitions that it uses for peace is harmony. And I thought that was really interesting that the, that the word harmony would be used in that. Because it's, it's used in harmony with personal relationships. Harmony with personal relationships. Well, that's pretty good, you know. And then as I started thinking about that is sometimes, like when you have two kids that are not getting along in your family and you want to bring peace to your family, you say, listen, you guys get along, right? You're trying to enforce peace. So... The kids, like, okay, I'll do my best. I'll try to bring peace. But inside, there's still turmoil. But on the outside, there's peace. Right? And you'll see this between countries as well. They're at war with one another. And other countries come in and say, let's make peace. And they, they really negotiate and say, what can we give you? What can we give you? How can we make you happy? And they might come to a peaceful settlement peace, but the two countries still are unsettled in their hearts. There is peace on the outside, but there's not peace on the inside, right? You see that between South Korea and North Korea. There's a peace settlement, but there's still turmoil between those two countries. So it's like, hmm, I understand that from an English perspective from Webster, but I was wondering, what does the Hebrew say about peace? So I went back, started looking that up, and it had a definition with peace that just really resonated with me. And the definition gives a sense of wholeness. Wholeness. And I was like, wow, that's really powerful. A peace that is wholeness. That's completeness. I think of a I think of a donut. I love donuts. Amelia knows that. Um, and you know, you've got that hole in the middle. You know? And uh, and so I think of peace and it's like you 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 take something like a donut hole, you know, ever get the donut holes at Duncan, and then you have the donut fit the donut hole in the hole, right? And then it's a complete donut. So I think about that. It's like, oh, put something in that hole and it's complete. It's a funny analogy. But if you, if you look at that, it's, it's kind of what Christ is doing. He's got man over here like a donut. He's got a hole in him. And the only way that that hole can be filled is by God. 
He's got to bring that in order for there to be peace because the man knows something's not right. He may not know literally that that Christ is the answer, but he knows something's not right. And he'll try to fill things and put it in the hole, but it doesn't stay. It falls out. And God can come and fill the hole. He brings that wholeness, which is peace. That that complete man, that completes man. When man is complete, there is peace. And so that is what God offers, is peace. And I started thinking about that because also in that verse it says, not as the world giveth. So that means the world has something to offer. So there's almost two gifts, what God can give and what the world can give. And I thought about the two givers and what the comparison is between those two. And there is probably lots of comparisons. I'm only going to bring up three. Um, So I'll start you out, and when you go home and think about the services from this past week, and this one comes up, you can add to the three. So, the first one is comes from 1 Corinthians chapter 14, 33. So, 1 Corinthians 14, 33. You know, the great thing about me having to look it up, it gives you time to look it up too. And this is about... The prophet. So Paul's talking about, hey, if you're going to minister in the church, and this is how the prophets should be acting when there's prophecy giving, giving, give, coming forth. And so he's giving them instruction. And in 33, it says, um, and he's talking about, hey, everyone's supposed to take their turn, right? We don't want people talking over one another as prophecies are coming forth. And he gives the reason you know, why you should be doing this. In 33, it says, For God is not a God of disorder, but of peace, as in all the congregations of the Lord's people. So when God gives peace, there's order. If you see disorder, that's not from God. So if you see peace and there's disorder around it, that's not from God. That's a world gift. God's peace has order to it. It has an order. And so be careful as you are trying to discern. If you see something that you think is peace and you look at it and says there is chaos, confusion, that's probably a good sign to tell you that that is a gift the world wants to give you. It's not coming from God. Second one comes from 2 Corinthians 5.18. Remember I talked about Christ and us, man, 
coming together, that filling of the whole to make to complete man, right? So 18 talks about that. It says it's about reconciliation. In order for that to coming together, there has to be reconciliation because there was a reason for the separation. So there has to be something that takes place that allows the coming together between God and man, and that was reconciliation, right? Sin caused a separation, so sin had to be taken care of. It says, all of this is from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us a ministry of reconciliation. So peace is the outcome of reconciliation. So if you are looking at the world and looking at what they're giving to you and you see that there's still conflict, that there is a lack of reconciliation, that's not the peace God's giving. God is giving peace that includes reconciliation because He's coming together with us. He's filling that void in our life. So reconciliation. And number three is Philippians 4, 7. Verse 7 says, And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So if you think you have peace, what are you seeing in your life? What do you see? Do you see understanding beyond what we deserve? He's given us peace beyond what we deserve. And if if you've received that peace, that's a sweet thing to have. But if you thought you received peace and you end up with something you didn't know that you were, you, you ended up like the, the you, got, you bought something and it ended up not being what you thought it was. You know, we do that on a retail basis, right? Sometimes it's the bait and switch type thing. This is what you can get. And then when you bring it home, it's not quite what you thought you were getting. That's the kind of peace the world gives. It can make it look good. And then when you bring it into your life, you realize It's not what I thought it was. But God brings surpassing peace. Surpassing peace. Surpasses our understanding of it. Beyond what we deserve. That is the kind of peace God offers to us. And that's the kind of giver God is. He's not a bait and switch giver like the world is. He's giving you better than what we thought we were giving. It's better. So I tend to change my mind. I changed the way I thought as I was going through this. It's like God's given me peace. He has brought peace into my life. He has brought peace into your life. And sometimes... If you look at your life and go, well, it doesn't feel very peaceful. Does that happen? 
we start breaking away from Christ. Right? We start like what comes, we start doing our own thing, making our own decisions. And we're not no longer aligned. We're not no longer together with Christ. We've we started to break doing our own thing, going our own way, making our own decisions, and not being aligned to the anointing, to the spirit led life that we want to have in our lives. And I started looking through scripture and started seeing peace pop up everywhere. Acts 10, 36. You know the message God sent to the people of Israel. You want to hear what the message is? Announcing the good news of peace. Through Jesus Christ, who is the Lord of all. Through who? Jesus Christ. There's the two again together, just like in Luke 2. I'm announcing the baby in a manger, and guess what? Peace. God. I'm leaving you, Christ says. I'm leaving you peace. And Acts brings them back together again. Peace through our Lord Jesus Christ. Can't have one without the other. So if the world's offering your peace and Christ is not a part of it, guess what? You're not getting peace. You might look like peace, but it's not. Romans 5.1 Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God our Lord Jesus Christ. Do you see something kind of a thread being woven into the scriptures here? Colossians 3.15 Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace. And be thankful. We have been called to peace. We have been given peace. And we have been called to it. That's one of the things that distinguishes us from those that don't believe. And that is the peace that resides within you. That's going to look a whole lot different than the peace that someone else has that's out in the world. And there's something about this peace that somehow comes through. But it does. Peace is what God is offering. Peace is what he is giving. And we are the recipients of that peace. He has given it to you. And I challenge you, or I pray with you, that you will allow that peace to take hold. We have received so many great messages this past week. I want you to know that God is giving you peace. Do not leave this place in turmoil. 
or in anxiousness. There is peace that God has extended out to you. He wants to give that to you, surpassing what you think you need. In, in, the, in the amount of peace, if you think you need a quarter of a cup, he's going to give you a full cup. It's going to pour over and just spill over your cup. It is such a precious word. That wholeness just really just changed the way I thought about peace. That just wholeness that God is offering to us. Something that we can take hold of. And to know that I am whole. I am whole. And so are you. You're going to walk out of here, get in your cars, and you're going to be whole. Whole. And that, not very few people in this world are walking around whole. So you have something no one else has. You have a wholeness. A wholeness. A peace. So this is what I leave with you. Comes from Numbers six twenty four to twenty six. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. Father, we are so glad that you are here with us. It is so evident. Your holiness is beyond understanding. And Father, where we stand right now is holy because you are with us. And Lord, we are we are taken back. Lord, thank you for your presence. Father, may everyone know here when they get in their cars and they head home or on the airplanes or that they're not leaving the peace and they're not leaving you behind. That all that goes with them. And I know it's going to be hard when they step into their jobs, step into the schooling, step into the responsibilities that await for them at home. And Father, may they know in their hearts, deep down, that you are right there with them, that they, you have not been left behind, and that you offer this wholeness and this peace, and they can walk in it every day, every hour of the day. And Father, may that bring such lasting peace in their lives and to realize their whole perspective of life changes. And Father, we thank you for giving this so abundantly to us. And we thank you for it. In your holy name, amen. If you would like more information about the moving of God's Spirit or resources for your spiritual life, please visit our website at www.globalmissionsinc.org.